Hello and welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we begin, I want to remind everybody of Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July. This is the second year that we are doing this. We ask our audience to join us in getting your doubles, getting your comps, getting just some good comics and putting them in your little local lending libraries. A lot of neighborhoods have these little libraries. We know people go there that like to read. So let's put some good comics in front of them and see if we can grow the uh, comic book readership and tag us in the photos. Those lending libraries have a lot of personality. This is the second year in a row that we've done this and we got a great response the first year. So let's try to top that and let's try to get some new comic book readers out there. Let's. Ed, we are looking at a wild project here in front of us. Yes. This is, uh, comes from a cartoonist, Kay Faber, Ian Chowgren. We have looked at a previous book that Ian had made, collecting original art off of online. Ian is a book designer and he makes a very limited run of these. This is not something Ian is trying to bootleg and sell. This is Ian making portfolio pieces. Business cards. Exactly. Very, very expensive business cards. Unforgettable that business right. cards. And you know, man, whenever I was freelancing, one of the things people would send out postcards, you know, to art directors, to publishers, right. editors. And uh, the whole thing that people would say is try to send them something that stays on their desk, that they don't just throw away. That's what Ian has made here. Um, these are exceptionally impressive books. Uh, go check out our first video with Ian's books because like this opened up my eyes to what can be done with some of these self-publishing and print-on-demand tools that are out there combined with the internet and these amazing scans of original art that are out there. Yeah, first book he sent us, he called it the uh, the ROM Ocular Edition and that's his deal, like the Ocular Edition. Uh, it's very similar to the Artist Edition in that it scans from uh, the original art. But he's sourcing this stuff from online. The ultimate, you know, Marvel comic covers that exists from like the 70s, like that ain't exactly hitting for, for Ian Foley, man. So he went on comic art fans. He went on Heritage Auctions, put up these high res print quality versions of these original art pieces made a fantastic book yeah so let's go through that uh one thing he did was different covers yes five um, covers why not man if you're going to do a print on demand why not play with these different cover options i see you chose to crack the hulk cover uh out of the uh, shrink wrap yeah i had to do it man had to do it marie severin here on this hulk cover and uh, let's go through and look at some of his design choices. You know, we always focus on our end pages, pulling out just some of the great characters that we're going to see in this collection to uh, create that end page, but then also blowing up the art and doing this limited coloring on uh, some of these end pages, which I think is pretty interesting. And uh, I have some ideas about how to apply this to future artist editions as we go on. It's a unique track for but sure. But dude, right here, man, you got me, Ian, because yeah. this is one of my favorite covers and images ever. If you're gonna blow something up, this is a great choice. Might have been limited by what he had high res of, yeah. but uh, this is a fantastic piece to blow up. Totally. And speaking of, speaking of uh, print on demand and things, you used to not be able to do end papers. So this is a huge boon. Like, like the world of print on demand has increased in a big it way. It certainly has. Yeah, after Ian's first book, one of the things that really impressed me going through this one is like the resolution has, has developed. It's very, very sharp in this book. And uh, that's one of the things that I think has improved. Although I say that with a blown up image that's not the sharpest, but we will get into it. But here's some in interesting background just to give you an idea of what he's doing here, but also why he's doing this. Totally, and you know what? I wanna, I wanna just give shout outs because on that page that had his contact info, it did have his, his Insta and his Twitter. So his, oh, name, yeah. is, his name is Ian Chalgren. It's uh, I-A-N, 
C-H-A-L-G-R-E-N. You can find him on Instagram and uh, Twitter under that uh, one word. All right, man. Our table of contents. We have looked at uh, a lot of artist editions. One of our criticisms often is, I want as much info as I can get. I yeah. want to know where it appeared. I want to know if there's an inker, dates, any of this stuff I'm interested in. And Ian's got all that stuff here in the table of contents. When I was going through this book the first time, I'm flipping back and forth. You know, I'd see a piece that really sung to me in terms of the inking or the finishing. I'd have to go back and see, like, who is it? Who's the team? You know, that's a good point. Like, in a future artist edition that's a smorgasbord like this, maybe you handle that like an art monograph and print up because there's always a margin it's not an 11 by 17 yeah. page book there's a little room for uh, a gutter so that's where you could put that information so you don't have to I think so go too. back uh, a little note from ian talking about how maybe some of these inkers aren't accurate but this is how he got the information so heritage auction site uh, marvel database site for reference um doing his due diligence you know like putting in that work that's above and beyond just the design but actually like trying to add some useful information here he's very thorough like when he first got in contact with us it was after we did a video where we're like marvel grand design artist edition scott dunbeer let's fucking do this shit he hit us up and was like i would love to i have a lot of ideas about artist editions and i would love to design your work so so he uh you know reached out and, you know, pause the video and just stare at this because the reproduction, the fidelity of this line work, fine lines, beautifully reproduced. And I think that's a piece that really stands out from his first version of an ocular edition. He was using what he had and, yep. and, and it was very specific. It was ROM. So you were bound by what you could find. This stuff, he's not going to, if he, if there's 10 Frank Brunner pieces that he wanted to use, but one of them had like a weak scan it's just not going in here because it'll save room for another high-res version of somebody else's stuff and that said frank brunner revelation in this book i knew he's good but man this line work like printing just did not do it justice no, in the reproduction not at seeing all seeing this stuff I, I i am in love yeah yeah he's just just fantastic guy man a heck of a swordsman with that ink pen really really standout stuff Page after page of it. This playing, is uh, one media. of the covers. Playing yes. with media, dude. Hitting some white, dude. Creating that focal point of that skull. Great lighting. And uh, wonderful printing. You know, like we've said this in a few of our videos about print on demand is just how good the color has gotten. Yeah. And it's a very subtle color, but you can see the white media compared to the yellow of the pages. That kind of subtlety, that's another one that was not available <laughs> not too long ago. You could not get that out of, a, uh, out of this print on demand diverse uh creator too man when, when when you get these guys to do a howard the duck it's always fun to see how they stretch see this was a revelation piece i always wanted to see what the original of this looked like because i remember it from print and it actually doesn't answer too many questions because like i wondered if there was like a duotone component because it looks like you know some dots are like a little less but i don't know that they're rubbed off or anything like that and some dots are darker yeah, very confusing, but but I'm so happy to see it in its original art context. It's so beautiful, like his fine lines and cross hatching. They're just so nice. And look at how corrosive that paper cement is yes. after all these years, just eating through the paper. Stipple. Yeah, no no shortcuts on these covers. Not at all. Really gives me a, a greater appreciation. His, his, his Baron Mordo that was on that previous. It, you could see the Ditko in it, but then he brunners it up. Yeah. 
I love this red Sonia too, like the contrast and styles between our background image and like the, you know, the ultra fine lines in our foreground. He'll adopt, Pretty wild. Yeah, he'll adopt a little of like the corresponding artist, like the person you think about who belongs to that character. So like, he doesn't typically, we saw a lot of his work. He doesn't really draw hair this way, but that's a Frank Thornism that he's continuing. Maybe it was editorially suggested or something like that, but that's what you're seeing with that kind of hair. It's really neat. It looks like it's almost drawn on like uh, an overlay or something like, you know, you can... It does look separate. Yeah, it feels like there's a smoothness to those lines that feels like different paper or something. Yeah, and it's really, you know, it's a brush and everything else is pen. Uh, Big John Buscema. So you get the bio in very, each chapter. There's going to be a handful of artists that get profiled here. Very nice. You don't get that in the IDW joints. And then you get like the collection of like, what what's he worked on? Where might you find his work on some of these other titles? And I mean... Seamus worked on everything, so yeah. it's a pretty big list that you, that you see there. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. You can join at three different levels, get early access to our videos to offset the Kayfabe effect, and at the King Kayfaber level, you get access to all of our videos early and the recording session live. It is also brought to you by the books that we make. My latest self-published book, True Crime Funnies, is now available on my website, jimrug.com. I am actually having a summer sale offering up some of my past comics that have been unavailable online, including my Blacklight comic, Octobriana 1976, my Wrestling Zine, a collection of wrestling art and covers that I have done over the years, as well as uh, screen prints and out-of-print zines and mini-comics like Rambo 3.5, While Supplies Last. Ed Piscor's upcoming books include the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. You see the cover proof here. This is going to be a beautiful book. Over 500 pages, including 140 extra pages, plus all of the Hip Hop Family Tree strips. This will be in time for the holidays this year, and it'll be the book of the holidays. There's also an upcoming X-Men Grand Design trilogy collection. All three volumes of X-Men Grand Design coming out later this year from Marvel in one handy volume. These have gone in and out of print, so if you need X-Men Grand Design in your life, and you do, that is the easiest way to pick that one up. Pre-order it now. And Red Room Crypto Killers... Number one, this is the start of the third and final season of Red Room. These are coming out now monthly, so get those on your pull list. Let your comic shop know that you want to subscribe to Crypto Killers. And issue number three, which is coming out next, has a backup featuring a new set of characters that Ed will be working on for the foreseeable future. So could be a uh, great rock key to add to your collection. And now back to our video. It's really fun to watch John Buscema go as well. Uh, so much Conan work. Like whenever you see him doing these superheroes, to me that always pops and stands out. Great as a figure artist. Like I knew him from How to Draw Comics the Marvel way. I'm sure a lot of our audience as well. And he was so he's so good. You know, you just don't see as much of his superhero work as some of his uh, barbarian stuff. So kind of nice in that in that way. Yeah, re real reliable hand over there at uh, the House of Ideas. It also makes me so happy that all of this work does exist. There's so much work that's been lost, but totally. And you know, like I mean, we always talk about the Lee Dit Dit. I mean, the uh, Ditko Kirby unethically sourced pages. Some of these are from that same era. Like these guys weren't getting their pages back. These are coming through. You know, the Gil Kane off the back of the truck sales uh, group. Man, the Silver Surfer Basima just really shined. Absolutely. I I love those. Stunning. And it's fun. You know, like you see the Cosmos. So it's. Busima following Kirby, I think there was a little bit of pressure from, from everybody that followed Kirby to keep that Kirby energy yeah. up. But they all do their own thing, and yet you see the cosmic, Busima doing the cosmic with some Kirby influence there for sure. 
And of course, Thor, you know, talk about following in Kirby's footsteps. That's yeah. uh, big shoes to fill. It, what's cool, though, is that you see, like, it's leaning more toward the Busema. Yes. With these barbarian types. Yeah, definitely. And some screen tone, that uh, organic splatter-like screen tone yeah, on man. there. Pebble texture. Mm-hmm. We got Sal. Who might be in the runnings for drawing more Marvel pages than Jack Kirby did. Look at how sharp the inks are on that thigh. That's a feather master. Yeah. Iconic cover. Part of the Kree Skull Scroll Wars, I believe. The only good alien is a dead alien. Boy, that just clicks on every level, that Dutch angle. Full uh, Roy Thomas hyperbole. Here's some good depth here, man, with these guys in the back. Like, you wonder, you know, I wonder what the print version looks like because at a certain level, you can imagine that as Sir Print. Yeah. Yeah, could be. So much energy coming out of these. Sal Buscema, I, I feel like, really uh, has that Marvel style down pat, that house style. Totally, yeah. I mean, he is the house style, really. Like, it's the distillation of, like, right. the Buscemas and the Ditko and the Kirby. Talk about an ominous villain, huh? <laughs> Jeff Bezos. That yeah. should be, with Jeff, when Jeff Bezos goes fully off, he should, like, comb his bald hair that way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you see so few bald bald uh, heroes or villains in this day and age. People should do more of those. Learn from the mistakes of hardcore from Valiant. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting textures here, man. Like, I, I have to assume that there's just, like, a different ink hand. Yes. Yeah, totally. And you can see, like, paste-ups of your logos and your lettering and everything. Supposedly, this was something that would often change. Like, the paste-up blurbs on the covers right. was something that would, would be changed last minute and changed again. Uh, John Byrne, here we go. This is one of the covers that Ian put together on this uh, limited run. Yeah, totally. And this this issue, I think it's like 7 or 10 or something, very near to my heart because at a certain age, probably 11, 12, I stopped fucking with toys and was fully invested in comics and art supplies. That's like what all my money went to. And the friends that I had that had like a little humble stack, here's a Leonardo figure, here's a, my old Bebop and Rocksteady, like let me get that. And And this is like one of the... One of the comics that I that I took from somebody. This is pretty good too. Whenever you're reading his biography, Ian includes. I'd be remiss not to mention Burns' recent online Elsewhen series. We're gonna so, look at volume three soon. Very very up to date there. Good author photo too. In a Classic time period image. whenever people were not really doing um, good author photos in comics, that is a classic image. What a throwback X Men kind of look. Yeah yeah he he kind of. Uh, came up with the idea of like the black it's like not blue and yellow but like black and gold and and that's what i adopted when i was doing x-men grand design i just loved seeing those costumes with like pure black with uh with yellow this this had to be a i would bet that this is one of the bigger bigger challenges for ian because you could you could fill up this whole book with burn covers so i didn't I didn't like take a look and see like what the max number is, but maybe you got a dozen from from a guy or something. What twelve burn covers do you choose? Yeah, I wonder if he's figured out like what else has appeared in other artist editions too, because a lot of this stuff to me feels unlikely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And a guy as prolific as Burn, like you are gonna choose from. There's got to be hundreds of covers out there. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could do. I think this pages. is pretty neat because when else are you going to see the Marvel Universe covers? Right. So it's kind of a cool piece because you also get to see so many characters then. Funny that some have the logos and some don't. 
for those playing at home who are new to the game, man, you see these red lines, that would be indicative of what they call a color hold. So when you see the final printed page, clearly no black line, just color would do that job. And it's cool because that highlights the subtitle right there. Good little design flourish. And this is what that front piece, that two-page spread in the front was zooming in on. Like I say, one of my favorite covers of all time. It's so sweet, man. It's so graphic. It's incredible. And he solves problems. Like, the white feet is a solution to a problem. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt anything. No. There's so many ways that could go wrong, and it doesn't. It's perfect. And so simple on the background. You know, like, this is one of those that I love it, one of my favorite covers. Probably didn't take him very long to draw it. Yeah. You know, that background is deceptively simple. I have, uh, I just picked up Doomsday Plus One, like the first issue from Charlton. Oh, that's cool. I got so, a little so run of that. something that we ought to uh, look I, at. I got a run of that. I got him pulled in, in my episode box too, so easy Michael to do. Golden. We've talked about him and he's got an artist edition forthcoming. And uh, I'll never get sick of looking at Michael Golden art. Yeah, man. Patience is a viru. Like that, that was like the famous drawing, like from the TCJ message boards when people are like, <laughs> man, I paid him for a commission two years ago and it didn't come. So, so Michael Golden was being passive aggressive, sent a real cool drawing of uh, Dr. Strange to the guy finally after years and uh, had some lettering on it and spelt the word virtue incorrectly. Man. That's so funny. Patience is a viru. Have you ever seen this book? Yes, I have it. Oh man, we had to pull that out. I've never seen it. I'm kind of curious to see, uh, to take a look at that. Rom Space Knight. Did you know that Golden drew some Rom Space Knight covers? Not at all. Fun to see him just doing all these different characters. Must be like maybe his art direction time period or coming up on it whenever he's tasked with like a lot of different different covers to, to produce. I think those guys liked seeing his interpretation of the various Marvel characters, and Makes this is one way to do it. To me. And of course, Jack Kirby. So uh, this is another one. A lot of Jack Kirby art has been reproduced or is gone. So what pieces are you going to choose here? And uh, seeing some of the stuff from the 70s, the, uh, the, the second run of Kirby there at Marvel, or I guess the third run, depending on how far back you want to go. Makes me want to dig out my Black Panther run of his. These covers look good. I have those in the same uh, episode box ready to go. Some very striking imagery. I love his 70s period. You know, we've talked about that a lot. Having that 2001 in the front, like one of my all-time favorite series. These these are probably representative of like some of the first Kirby's I had from the flea market. Yes. And I guess I knew his name. You know, it's hard, it's hard to remember, but like that graphic style was just... Uh, on like I couldn't I couldn't let it go. It was so cheap also. Yep. At the time, that's what the crazy shit. Like when we do Eternals number one, and you know I got might have five copies of that, and then you look online and people want like fifty dollars for it or something. It's like holy crap, man! Like they were almost giving it away. You you forget when you bought them compared to where we are now. You yeah. know I mean a lot of time. It is crazy. It is crazy. Man, I love both of these covers. This is one like going through the Hulk was one of my favorites because like several of these characters were known as the Hulk at one point. Oh yeah. And uh and then just seeing them like like this guy I'm almost 100% sure was a Hulk in the past. Yeah. And seeing Hulk fight the monsters from like right before the Marvel universe, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, these would be Atlas timely guys like look Groot. Yeah. Groot was uh, you know, in one issue of like suspense stories or whatever. Love this cover too. Ben Grimm on the uh having a fight coming up, a fight poster. I saw a dude when we were down at Heroes Con, he had Ben Ben Grimm 
thing, like rock textures tattooed like all up his leg. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At first, I thought it was like the chemical, like uh, symbols for LSD or something, but uh, it was thing rock texture. Heck of a Thor cover too, with like the montage around him. So much detail there, and what a great contrast is a spread to have these two next to each other, where you get one super giant image versus the montage next to it. Are they subsequent following numbers? Yeah, one yeah. See, that's the way you do it, man. And and like looking at something like that, he might have done an, another cover or two that day. Yeah, yeah, could be. I think this is in that treasury yeah. edition too, and that's a really great treasury because it's such a big fight, big totally. monster. Yeah, almost a run of these covers. They're also in that giant oversized book. Are they? Like the King Kirby or whatever that's called. I got one at Ollie's uh, yeah, yeah. and it's it's really beautiful. Like it's a it's a great addition. We may have to look at that at some point. It's so freaking bright, the colors. It looks like it's a blacklight comic. The, the Miller stuff fascinates me. Yeah, Frank Miller, because like I never saw this cover. It's very weird. He's done so many covers. Somebody brought up a Superman miniseries cover at Heroes, and it made me think like I would love a collection of like all the Miller covers. Totally, because he was selling books. Yeah, in uh, his his artist editions and the Marvel ones, like they, like they they will show up, but like I've never seen this cover before. Yeah, look at him playing with stuff. So yeah, there's yeah. your duo shade, but then you come over here, and it's I think this may have been color holds. But if not, just look at the dashes and the mark making. Like he's really trying some different stuff graphically. Absolutely. We may or may not have done that episode. I, I have that pulled in the list of uh, future episodes. We definitely did this one. And that's a great cover because you got your duotone board as well. He probably he probably inked that himself. But uh, we did an episode on this one and one of the, the great kind of creative solutions to a very tough problem in that strip is running Dr. Octopus through the newspaper offset print machine and like imagine trying to draw that and like con conceiving that frank miller handles that in very elegant graphic ways look how simple like the newspaper is just the quickest lines for your text yeah but it's also cool to see the paste up for the title lettering you yes. see the paste up there i bet they generated like one daily bugle and just had that sitting in some sort of morgue so that you could squash and stretch and use that however you need. I find it very funny too of Doc Ock like uh, get one of those tentacles in there with a cup of coffee. <laughs> Reading the morning paper man getting his coffee to work. I don't know if I would recognize that as a Miller. Yeah. You know if I just saw Lots it on of that stuff. Yeah totally. Lots of that stuff is... is but he did a ton of covers so like I say I think it'd be great to see like a Miller cover compilation. Be a chance to see him drawing some of these characters too that you don't associate with it's fun because it's Frank early Miller. it's early period so uh in terms of business it's like let's keep this kid on the hook so that he doesn't go over to dc and when we can find a place to put him we will but we just don't have it right now so this one just says fm which makes me assume this is miller inking yeah look at those inks between like the heavy blacks and then the finest of lines that he's hatching with yeah it's real sharp this is one of my all-time favorite covers and Boy, does the print version look different than this. Totally. I was trying to find it in my collection and I couldn't find it. But uh, man, I just love the, the mashup of the monsters and stuff. So it's Miller Jansen. Like, like, who do you think is responsible for the paste-ups? Maybe we got to ask uh, Uncle Klaus. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm very curious about that. And then where do you get them, man? Like straight from Famous Monsters of Filmland. But now you got to go into the office and hit their photostat machine and put some dots on these guys well that's just it too if you look at them like the dots are very fine yeah it, it does not like i say the the printed version of this very different than this oh, sure piece. so much more a we looked at this this is the one that jim shooter drew the inside of yeah 
Look at that white. Like that looks like he's just scraping, man. If you look close, you can see that oh, yeah, paper just busted up. <laughs> and then some of the iconic stuff. You know, this is a cover of one of Ian's books. Oh, what I was going to say about color. I would be curious to see these things, especially if you have them that, um, like the covers that don't have all the text on them, to have like the cover printed at size next to these, I think yeah. would be really fun. Because they, a lot of these covers, they do look different. Yeah. Um, George Perez, man, boy, did he do some beautiful covers too. Like this kind of stuff. Look at the graffiti and detail that he's putting on that train. Totally, dude. You know, like I'd never seen that cover, and but I know the Mike Golden... Um, G.I. Joe cover was Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes kicking off of a train and shit. And it, it's, I mean, it's a different composition, but yes. spiritually it's, a, it's very similar. I was thinking of that. So you see Perez and Austin, 1980 here, as your uh, pencil or inker team. But right below there is Burn, because there's like, you know, Roger and Dickie, Sinat, Olaf, like Rick Parker, all these names, right? Simonson. They always and, would do that. But having Burn down here, it's almost like this is a Burn cover or yeah. something, man. That's uh I don't know. Hopefully they colored the, the Perez signature a little different to make it stand out and not be part of that, that list of artists. Great stuff, though. Very dynamic. You know, you get your foreground, middle ground, background on there, reading clearly. Cool perspective. Yeah, really one of those artists that probably learned to draw from comics as opposed to, like, classically trained, croaky, figure drawing, yada yada. Because his, his stuff is just so steeped in comic language of, of like, superhero era comics. Rest in peace, John Romita. Just lost him. Good run. Heck of a run, man. Heck of an artist. It's, uh, it's, it's obviously sad to lose these guys, but, man, you see a lot of their art whenever it happens. You know, celebrations. Yeah. And... I got this issue in uh, that, that famed uh, collection from my birthday wow. one year. What a great cover. Um, I saw a guy that was doing embroideries and embroidered this. It totally. Was, that, yeah, that guy. I never saw anything like that. That guy was pretty awesome. I love these covers that are um, very simple. It'll just be the figures, you know, no background or anything. Ramita was king of that stuff. You know, even this is kind of a variation of that, just very simple with the figures. And Kingpin looks so good there. Yeah. That kind of uh, simplified cover is pretty atypical for Marvel. As we've been flipping through here, I don't know that we've seen it anywhere else. The Sinister Six in perspective, the lettering. It's his. It's his Spider-Man. That's the Spider-Man on the old underoos and yeah, all the promo materials and and the and the Hallmark cards and things. I mean, it's his Hulk that spoke to me as a little kid. Yeah, you know, his stuff really defined. What, what, who are we looking at here? Ramita Senior. Oh, this is still Ramita? Yeah. Man, he's got some inkers on there. It must have been like an Alfred Alcala or somebody inking. Yeah, there were a couple pieces. of those that are pretty far out. Dude, there it is, man. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. It's so clean. <laughs> That's a great cover. Contrast between your top and bottom. Yeah, dude. I love that. There's a lot of this was, was happening in covers. Like, we've seen several of these from different artists where, like, your bottom third is a whole different tier of action these are interesting comics because uh the electric company spideys because i think that like so many of them are like two panel pages you know it's regular comic size but it's like so simple to read so here's a piece that that is interesting great to see ramita sketches would love to see more of this stuff in artist editions and we see it now and then pop up you'll yeah. see some refs roughs in a couple of the artist editions we've looked at I absolutely love this stuff, adore it. Um, should have been grouped here, because mm -hmm. I assume that that's a rough for this cover, so yeah. I wish those two were like on subsequent pages. Sure. I think he did that many kind of tight roughs for like every cover. 
the Marie Severin section in here is one of my favorites in this book. Yeah. So this is uh this is something that I was flipping between like back here and the front. I mean that that's a classic cover. She does can do everything and you really see it on display. You know, these little bits of like background buildings and things that are finer lines. She could do Bigfoot, she could do superhero. The, she can make your foreground figures pop. The inking is out of control. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Really tight. At least a couple of these have a Bill Everett inking. And talk about a dream team. Yeah. They fit together. I think this one may be an Everett. Bill Everett. That's on fascinating. Your inks. Look at that background inking, man. Tell me that isn't just those figures pop so freaking hard. It almost looks like pencil on the screen right. for the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just two master artists working together, and really he, jiving together. And he's doing stuff that I that you wouldn't think would work with these weird brick textures going going every which way. It's almost like little kid shit, but like as a gestalt, like when you look at the the whole piece, it's like this motherfucker's dope. Yeah, this one really stands out in the heaviness of the of the foreground figure line work. Yeah. I just love everything about that cover. There's those little Bigfoot. Those not brand ech are fully worth it for her her stuff, man. Yeah, it really illustrates what she can do. She must have been like number two in that bullpen for, hey, we need a cover or we need, because I've seen roughs of hers. So not even like, I don't know if she would even be credited with the covers, but like doing the rough and then passing them off to whoever ends up drawing it. Yeah. And all of these like off titles. Yeah. Yeah, there was lots of that stuff. You might get a Kirby, Ditko to start it off and then just like a bunch of weird job dudes. Some Barry Windsor Smith, uh, Conan era, checking that out. That's always a fun thing to reference. We'll call it the Barry Smith era. There you go. Uh-oh, it's turning Windsor. <laughs> it's turning Windsor, dude. I don't know what this piece is. Yeah, I don't no. know if that was actually published or not. Yeah, and you could tell because the fidelity isn't so great, but like when Ian comes across it, he's like, you know what, this got to go in. Yeah, I can't argue with him there. This one's super weird. It's Barry a, Windsor Smith doing a New Mutants in the middle of the run. Yeah, yeah, he, there's there's a handful of those. And it's like they were doing whatever they could to try to save it. And him doing Warlock. Yeah. So bizarre. Just doesn't quite feel like his work. Nice to see pencils. Pencils down page. When he was full Kirby mode. This is the stuff that the legend is. He, he drew like on park benches and had no, no house or whatever. This era, man, I would love to see artist editions of all of that. Totally. Let's get that Weapon X artist edition, man. So here's the various covers. I confess I didn't read too much of this Back Matter stuff. There's some neat stuff back here. And, um, you know, this is, as you said at the beginning, a business card. Yeah. So what you get is a little bit of his background, but this is the picture that, that popped for me. This is Bruce Ayers, owner of Capital City Comics out of Madison, Wisconsin. Capital City, one of the companies, the big distributors with Diamond that went out of business in the 90s. Right. And it really makes me wonder, like, when is this photo from? Because if this is relatively new, I'd love to talk to Bruce Ayers. You know, if he's still, uh, I don't know if he's even still alive, to be honest. But, I mean, Capital City was, like, the other big distributor. And, you know, they even published some stuff, like Nexus Starts at Capital City. And I don't understand the Love and Rockets. If that's just uh, maybe him going through like some influences, but Capital City was publishing even in those early days of the direct market. You know, you see a lot of his influences. I'm talking about Ian, uh, you know, not not Bruce Ayers. 
But it's kind of neat, again, if you're looking for a job as a book designer, you're giving some background on where you're coming from and the influences that have led you to this point. It's a Bill Sienkiewicz original. Blow that one up, Ian. Give us a whole facing page of that. You can see the background doing his first ocular edition there with Rom. Little shout out to the cartoonist Kayfabe. Very familiar. And uh, some of the books that, that he has uh, worked on. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I think it's pretty good, uh, pretty good package if you're sending this off to prospective publishers to like try to get work as a book designer. And then the uh, basically wrapping the book up the way that he sets it up. So you get a couple of these blown up pieces with some partially colored artwork and matching end pages. Beautiful. Ian, so thank you so much. Great book. I hope that he does start doing some uh, some comics and graphic novel projects. I hope this leads to that work because, I mean, that's that's the dream, right? Like, you do this work, it gets seen, you get a job. Yeah, and there are these guys, like, the Marvel reprints and stuff with, like, the saturated color and all that stuff, they're just churning and burning. They know that they're going to be able to package this stuff any which way and that people will buy it. But if you just had a little bit of taste put into it, how much how much better it would all be for everybody everybody involved uh you know like beautiful books you're chopping trees down make it worth it exactly there's something buddhist about that <laughs> good to go i am kayfabers like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available cartoonist kayfabe comic book christmas in july is the last saturday of july this is where me and jimmy and all of you are going to head out into your neighborhood armed with a bunch of comics, be it doubles, comics you're not reading any longer, uh, comp copies, you, you just hit the dollar bins and, and scooped up a bunch of stuff. We're putting those comics into the free little lending libraries in the neighborhood. Uh, the idea is to perform some action to try to increase comic book readership. We all saw comics uh, in weird ways the first time we saw them and we got hooked, right? Let's, uh, let's make that possible for somebody else. Each one teach one, you know? Uh, the Patreon for Cartoonist Kayfabe is a way to support the channel uh, if you have all of our books at this moment. Uh, hit up the Patreon, and uh, depending on your level, you're getting a certain amount of videos. But if you're a King Kayfaber, you're getting all the videos before anybody else, and you're hanging out with us in the chat room right now as we are uh, live stream recording this uh, these uh, videos and, and materials. Uh, but the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. And coming this holiday season... Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. This is the gold foil cover that's going to be affixed to a nice hard cover when uh, the book comes out in, in October. Plenty of time for you to buy that thing as a gift for uh, this, this coming Christmas season. 504 pages, 140 pages of additional material that isn't in the, the first four volumes, all wrapped up in this nice gold uh, foil package. It's going to be hard to beat. Uh, but that's not the only Christmas uh, effort I'm going to be putting out your homeboy Ed, straight up Santa Claus this year. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is going to be a trade paperback that includes the out-of-print X-Men Grand Design uh, treasuries that you did not get your hands on. Uh, all of it's going to be in one handy-dandy TPB, standard Marvel format, all of that stuff, man. Scoop that up. Support X-Men Grand Design that way. And uh, the comic that is the focus of my attention right now is Red Room Crypto Killers. Issue one right here is uh, out on the stands as we speak. Issue two should be out anytime now. I highly encourage you to grab Red Room 
Crypto Killers Issue 3 when it comes out. Put that on your pull list because that's going to be uh, what they call a hotkey these days, man. That is the introduction to the characters that I'm working on with my daily strip right now. I'm going to start to put that daily strip out once I get 100 strips in, in the can. Uh, and that's going to be a sought-after uh, valuable comic once uh, I start putting out the, those those books. But, Jimmy, what do you have? My latest comic book, True Comic True Crime Funnies. Just debuted last weekend at Heroes Con. I've been getting hit up all over the place about how can people get this book if they weren't at Heroes Con. I am doing a summer sale on my website. First time I've done this really ever. Uh, starting Saturday, June 24th, you'll be able to buy True Crime Funnies from JimRug.com. And since I'm doing it with one book, I'm going to do it with all of my books. I pulled a lot of stuff out for Heroes, and I am putting everything on there that I still have, which includes things like Octobriana 1976, my Blacklight crowdfunded comic from a few years ago will be available on my website along with some variant editions of that i'm going to have zines like rambo 3.5 which i did a small run of at heroes and sold out quick this wrestling zine is is a piece that a lot of people have been inquiring about features my wrestling art from comic book covers to uh, personal work to commissions that'll be available um, some of the blacklight posters that i did with octobriana are on there as well some out of print books some of it's very rare. Some of it is few as one copy. So check it out starting June 24th and uh, first come, first serve on those. So grab those while supplies last. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see my latest comics and uh, writing. Lay out a couple other ways that the people can uh, support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, Jimmy. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, fanny packs, coffee cups, stickers, lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. And uh, some of the Kayfabers, uh, they made mention that you get the Cartoonist Cafe baseball cap. You can wear it all three days at the convention. So we'll see you guys in Baltimore uh, late later this year rocking those those caps, man. But those are all uh, great ways to support the channel, Jimmy. Give them those marching orders so that we can be on our way. Make more comics.